Faith is the one attitude of the heart by which we would obtain justification. If we would look around us, we would notice people who exhibit kindness. Some exhibit charity beyond what we could normally grant others. Others show gentleness that in comparison to ourselves, make us feel uncouth. In other words, there are so many people out there who are more Christian in behavior than Christians themselves. This leads us to wonder, why doesn't God give justification to all who sincerely show love? Or show joy or peaceableness? Or contentment? Or humility? Or wisdom? Why did God chose faith as the means by which we receive justification? The Bible says in Ephesians 2 8-9 that for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this especially is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, so that no one may boast. The words grace and faith are quite vague. We might rephrase this to make it more understandable. This is Onyx Show's translation of that verse. Because you read the Bible, faith arose in your spirit. This is God's grace enabling you to understand the gospel. All these have nothing to do with who you are, it is God's gift to you. You are saved not because you've earned it by your good works. That's why no man can boast about his salvation. It is apparently because faith is the one attitude of the heart that is the exact opposite of self-sufficiency, or natural faith. Natural faith is what we exercise every day. We sit on a chair because we have faith it will hold us up. We take the bus or metro because we have faith it will bring us to our destination. True, spiritual, faith is believing in the speaker about something you've not tried before. Take the story of Charles Blondana famous tightrope walker. The stunning feat of crossing Niagara Falls made Charles Blondon famous in the summer of 1859. He walked 160 feet above the falls several times back and forth between Canada and the United States as huge crowds on both sides looked on with shock and awe. Once he crossed in a sack, once on stilts, another time on a bicycle, and once he even carried a stove and cooked an omelette. On July 15th, Blondon walked backward across the tightrope to Canada and returned pushing a wheelbarrow. The Blondon story is told that it was after pushing a wheelbarrow across while blindfolded that Blondon asked for some audience participation. The crowds had watched and oohed and aahed. He had proven that he could do it, of that, there was no doubt. But now he was asking for a volunteer to get into the wheelbarrow and take a ride across the falls with him. It is said that he asked his audience, do you believe I can carry a person across in this wheelbarrow? Of course, the crowd shouted that yes, they believed. It was then that Blondon posed the question, who will get in the wheelbarrow? Of course none did. The story of Charles Blondon paints a real-life picture of what faith is. The crowd had watched his daring feats. They said they believed, but their actions proved they truly didn't. It's one thing for us to say we believe in God. It's true faith though when we believe God and put our faith and trust in His Son Jesus Christ. Don't worry, Jesus has carried many across to heaven's gates. He can be trusted. Source of this story is creativebiblestudy.com. When we come to Christ in faith we essentially say, I give up. I will no longer depend on myself, or my good works anymore. I know I can never make myself righteous before God. Therefore, Jesus, I trust you and depend on you completely to give me a righteous standing before God. When this happens, natural faith gives way to spiritual faith, and therefore it is the attitude that perfectly fits salvation that depends not at all on our merit but entirely on God's good and trustworthy word. Paul explains this when he says, that is why it depends on faith, so that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, Romans 4:16. This is also the reason why the reformers from Martin Luther onwards, were so firm in their insistence that justification comes not through faith plus some merit or good work on our part, but through faith alone. Paul repeatedly says that no human being will be justified in his sight by works of the law in Romans 3.20. We also read, in Galatians 2.16, 
knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through the faith of Jesus Christ, we also have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by works of the law, because by works of the law shall no flesh be justified. This thought is repeated in Galatians 3.11, where it says, Therefore, it is evident that no one is being justified before God through works of the law, because it is written, The just shall live by faith. God expects us to exhibit this same faith in our everyday lives, one where we continually look up to Him every day, even every moment, much like how a child who's just learning to walk looks up to his father's hand each time he takes a step. Peter Eldersfeld tells of a rich Christian who had a large company of employees, and many of them owed him money. He was constantly trying to teach them something about Christianity, and one day he hit upon a plan. He posted a notice for his employees to see that said, all those who will come to my office between 11 and noon on Thursday to present an honest statement of their debts will have them cancelled at once. The debtors read the notice with a great deal of skepticism, and on Thursday morning, although they gathered in the street in front of his office, not one of them went to the door. Instead, they gossiped and complained about their employer, and ridiculed the notice he had posted. They said it didn't make sense. But finally, at a quarter to twelve, one man jumped forward, dashed up the steps into the office, and presented his statement. Why are you here? The rich man asked him. Because you promised to cancel the debts of all those who would come as you instructed, the other replied. And do you believe the promise? Yes, I do. Why do you believe it? Persisted the employer. Because, although it was too much for me to understand, I know that you are a good man who would not deceive anyone. The rich man took the bill and marked it paid in full, at which time the poor man, overcome, cried out, I knew it. I told them so. They said it couldn't be true, and now I'm going out to show them. Wait, said his benefactor, it's not quite 12 o'clock. The others are not entitled to any special proof of my sincerity. When the clock struck 12, the forgiven debtor ran out waving his receipt in the face of his fellows. With a mad rush they made for the door, but it was too late. The door was locked. This man trusted the goodness of his employer, and he received what he hoped for. We can also trust the goodness of God. Do you think you have enough trust in the goodness of God? What promises of God seem elusive to you today? Do you think He will perform His word for you? If you're tired of all the struggling for survival in this pandemic and of having to face the daily fear of catching the disease, or just tired of life in general, the Holy Spirit is speaking this truth in your heart today. Jesus Himself is speaking in Matthew 11:28-30. Come to me, all you who labor and are overly burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come to Him. Pray out loud your prayer asking for God's forgiveness of all your sins, and inviting Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. If you do this out of a sincere heart, God will honor that prayer, and will save you. Do this now. If you've made that prayer, let me know. I'm excited to help you along with your faith. The angels in heaven are rejoicing in the presence of God for you. God bless you.